Welcome to People, Places, and How We Use Spaces, where we chat with amazing, successful people whose stories inspire us. As a bonus, all of our guests have something to teach us about commercial real estate based on their own experiences. I am your host, Lisa Christensen. My companies help business owners, developers, and investors buy, sell, and lease space. On today's episode of People and Places and How We Use Spaces, the tables are turned. Yes, Christensen and Company's summer intern, Quinn Peterson, takes to being the interviewer and I sit in the interviewee space. It's a little uncomfortable for me. We'll see what happens, but I really appreciate your joining and listening in. Thank you for supporting People and Places and How We Use Spaces and uh, keep listening. We really appreciate it. And now I will welcome Quinn Peterson. Hi, Quinn. How are you? I'm doing well, Lisa. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for being on People and Places and How We Use Spaces. Very excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm not really sure how I got convinced to do this. Yep, the tables have turned. I am not really (laughs) comfortable being on this side of the interview process. So, See, I, I guess think you're going to do well. Take it away. I think other people's stories are so much more interesting than my stories, to be honest well, with you. Well, I don't you, think so. your audience has heard too much about your background yet, so this could be good for you. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Take it away. I'm ready. All right. So first, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background in the commercial real estate industry? So... I have been licensed as a real estate agent since 1996 and a broker since 2001. I'm really a serial entrepreneur. I started babysitting the day the first person would let me babysit. And, you know, a couple years in, I sent out rate increase announcements complete with a Cara Frank sticker, teddy bear sticker on them. And I mean, since I can remember I was doodling how I was going to own this business or that business. My brother Todd and I used to pretend we were everything when we were up at the cabin on those long summer days. And so I was an entrepreneur before I was an entrepreneur. I started my first company in high school called Birthdays and Parties in a Box. And I figured out how to write to the people on the back of like paper plates and stuff and addresses and how to like buy wholesale paper products Mm -hmm. and package those up so that people could buy like a package of themed birthday party stuff. And, you know, went to my clients who were the babysitting clients and sent that to them. I worked in childcare for you know, the, when I turned 16, I knocked on the door of Children's World in um, West Bloomington, and I kept bugging Mary Zener over and over and over again until she finally hired me. I just love to work, and I love to own businesses, and it kind of catapulted from there. And eventually, you know, owned a couple other marketing businesses and, and some different things, and eventually decided to go into business. There's a few there's a few nuances between there and that, but... Um, I really loved the sales, and in, in 2001, I started doing brokerage on my own. I had a little stint at Griffin Companies, which was my dad's company, yeah. and um, but then just decided to go off on my own again. Cool. What made you want to jump from, you said advertising is what you... Marketing, yeah. Marketing, and what made you jump into this industry? Besides, like, your dad was in it, but what, like, intrigued you to come work in the commercial real estate Well, so commercial real estate has been a part of our life forever. We started buying duplexes, you know, 
you know, we, I guess we got married in 89. And so we bought our first duplex in 90 or 91. And so we owned rental property mm-hmm. always and had other things going on. I owned the retail marketing group um, doing work for most of the commercial real estate companies in town or a lot of them. And I love the marketing piece of it, but I really love the sales piece of it. I love to go get the business. And uh-huh. still to this day, it's my favorite part of the part of the job, so to speak. I love to go get the business and I love to make connections and find out what people's needs are and then try to find a way that we can help fulfill those needs. And um, so the marketing piece of it was really labor intensive. I had a, a team of people and it was, I was working, I mean, 18 hours a day. I mean, yeah. and it wasn't very profitable to be honest with you. So I was able to sell that company and focus more on the sales piece of it, I guess. For sure. It's kind of what my, what the differentiator there was. Makes sense. All right. And I know from working with you this summer, I've learned that you and your company's biggest values is giving back to the community. Do you have like one significant project that stands out where you gave back and helped a community or a person throughout your years in this business? I don't think there's one thing. I really feel like, you know, for whom much is given, much is expected. And I just really feel strongly about helping other people and not even helping, helping other people, but like just supporting people so that they can help themselves, which is a big differentiator. I've had the opportunity to be a guardian ad litem in Hennepin County, and I've worked with um, a number of of amazing organizations. And, um, you know, it's just really powerful to be side by side with people when they're going through struggles. Now it's fun to kind of connect with younger people and help mentor and or just give advice about what my experiences have been. But I really feel like the reason that I work and the one of the reasons that I like having my own business is it gives me a platform to really help other people. And I just feel like we all need each other's help, right? And so it's just really, really an important part of who I am. Yeah, and one of the second showings you brought me to was the church in Minneapolis. And I thought that was so cool. Like, not many people would go out of the way. To, there's probably not much of a profit in your end. But you wanted to help out that small, I forgot what the, it was like a daycare. What was the type of daycare? I'm trying to remember which one you're even. It was the one in Minneapolis, like the huge community building that used to be a church or school, I mean. Oh, Sebastian Community yeah, Center. Yeah, and it was the lady, she had a specific type of daycare. Oh, yes, yes. I thought that was so cool, you to go out there and get out of the bubble and just try and help new people. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's one of the cool things about this job, right, is that we get to help people fulfill their dream of owning a business and finding people that have good work ethics and then helping them find the right space that will make them successful. And there is a group that, you know, when you see that they have a really amazing operation and they really care about the community and they really care about what they do, that it's really fun to try to figure out how you can help those folks. Even, you know, if it's not the biggest deal in town, it gives you, you know, a great reward and um, makes you feel really good. And it's really great to connect with great people and everybody uses their skill set to kind of make the world a little better place. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed that the relationships you build and gain are like a secret, like, I don't know, currency that you get from this business. Wow. I've seen, I'm picking that up from you because you, the amount of people you know is just crazy. And I feel like you have a good relationship with all of them. And that's kind of how this business works. Am I right? Or Well, I have a big mouth and, um, and you have to put yourself out there. Right. So, and there's so many cool people 
out there. Yeah. And it is fun as the the older you get and the more deals you do to call in favors and have, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we just sold a building last week and, you know, my friend Wendy is, was the closing company, you know, owns the closing company, guaranteed commercial title and, you know, getting to know the, the clients and the lenders and all the different people involved in a transaction. When you get to do a transaction where all of your friends are involved, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think cool. I told you um, earlier this week when we were out kind of canvassing the market that I am super thankful and proud of, I think, having a good reputation mm-hmm. and knowing so many people. And I, I'm i sure there's people out there that I have, yeah. you know, pissed off or whatever. Yeah. I can sleep pretty good at night because that sure wasn't my intention. My intention is to always have everybody's best interest at heart. And I feel like the money will come if you just keep everybody's interests and you're thinking about everybody else's interests, not your own. I think when you get, when things get mucky is when you worry about your interests versus like understanding what's going on with all of the other people and what their interests are. And so if you keep that in mind, the money will come and the opportunities will come and then some really fun times and great relationships sure. are built from that. All right. Now, this is kind of a hard question. So, Uh-oh. Here we go. As, as, a, <laughs> as a young person, like, kind of learning about this industry, I'm looking in the future, and I'm seeing that a lot of companies, like Christensen Company, are virtual. And, I mean, what – and I'm thinking of downtown areas, like, where people are going to work and there's huge office spaces. And – do you think there's still going to be a need for all those big, not apartment, but big buildings, office buildings, office buildings in the future? And like, where do you see this market and industry going like in the next 10 years, let's say? Well, I, I think you have to look at individual companies and businesses and see how they run. I mean, you know, you're kind of like creating a little bit of a secret. You're letting that let, what the cat out of the bag yeah. that we've been virtual since 20, 2001. I mean, we were, we were a woman owned company and a virtual company since way before it was cool to be either one of those yeah. things. And, um, and there are things that work and there are things that don't work being virtual. You know, there's definitely some kind of overhead kinds of considerations that help if you're solely virtual. And for me, it was all about being intentional about being a parent. Yeah. And that was about being able to, I mean, I got up super early in the morning and I took my Diet Coke and went right to the computer and started cranking away. And then I was able to get my kids out of bed and get them off to school, make breakfast for yeah. them and kind of start their day off right in a non-rushed situation every morning. And then I was mostly out meeting with clients because yeah. when the world wasn't virtual, it was face-to-face meetings. So I was kind of going back to back in either showings or meeting with clients. And I feel like that's it, what a lot of it is, honestly, for you as a broker. Right. You're not spending a lot of time sitting at your desk. You're out canvassing the market, meeting with people, showing listings. So, Yeah, and, and honestly, you should do your desk work kind of in the morning or at night and yeah. be out there with people in the meantime. Now, now we can be more virtual. And, you know, when we opened an office in Florida, it sure made me a lot less you know, I didn't feel guilty about not going to the office because that's the way we'd operated mm-hmm. forever. So I can run our business in Florida and run our business from Minnesota from anywhere, really. But you still need to see people. And I think that became even more apparent, you know, when we weren't seeing people as much. And so I think it's really important to be out there to to see people. And, you know, some companies need to be, you know, if you've got a huge firm, you need to see people in person. And that is working from the office. Yeah. Now, could there, you know, this, I love the hybrid thing. I love the flexibility of all of that so that people can balance family and other relationships and that a little bit more. But I really think that 
you know, I am, I'm built weird. Like I am so driven to a fault that, yeah. you know, working from home works for me. I mean, but it's also my own business and I only, I only make money when I'm working. Yeah. Whereas I'm not on a salary and, you know, I don't have a dog to walk. So, I mean, I'm just working when I'm home. I don't think that's true of everybody. You know, I think if I'm working for somebody else and I'm making a certain salary and, you know, it's pretty tempting to go do laundry, right? So I think, I think there's an energy and a culture that happens when you go into an office. I think it's really an important piece. I think there's security. I don't like talking to my banker when they're at home. I don't yeah. know who their serial killer boyfriend is <laughs> in the room, and I don't like that. And I also don't feel like you. it's very easy to bring in young people and train people without that synergy and energy. So training in young people, I mean, some of the funnest things are just meeting people, you know, in your office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I we haven't ha had that. I've had to work hard at building our culture, which I think we have a really great culture, but I, I have to work harder and different mm -hmm. when we're only getting together as a group for meetings once or twice yeah. a month. For sure. Yeah, well, I think it's been working as my time here. I mean, there's still, you guys all have great, all the brokers have great relationships and connections from my understanding. But what advice would you give someone like me who's trying to pursue a career in this industry and do it successfully? Yeah, I think it's going to continually change. Everything continually changes. So what are the, the things that I think that are the most important? One is take handouts. So, you know, you have this job mm -hmm. because you reached out to me just to say, talk to me about this industry. You're mm -hmm. going to school at Indiana and you've got an interest in real estate and you just, you are so good about reaching out and then following up. I'm like... We had some other applicants for this summer internship position, mm -hmm. and I'm like, let's see if Quinn's willing to do yeah. this because he was on spot. When you, when you called spot. me that time, I didn't even think I was, I thought you were just going to tell me about what it was, but then you ended up offering it to me at the end of the interview, and I was like, oh my God. Well, awesome. I mean, and then I called my dad right away, and he's like, I have my opinion on what you should do. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, then I owe your dad a drink, yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Because <laughs> you've been awesome. And yeah. the things that you're really good at are reaching out to people and being really succinct and following up and, you know, acknowledging communications mm -hmm. and doing what you say you're going to do. Right. Those are just kind of life skills. Right. And then in this business, I, I, I feel like the more people, you know, the better. So reach out to as many people as you can connect with them on LinkedIn. And then once you meet with them, mm -hmm. ask them who else you should meet with and ask for an yeah. introduction and just build that network. Cause the more people, you know, the more the world comes together and connects and you find opportunities. I think that the other thing, and if, if someone's willing to help you, people like to help you yeah. take, ask for that. You know, yeah. I thought I could do everything on my own and I was afraid to ask questions and I had to, I was trying to prove myself and not kind of, I didn't even have Google to consult. I yeah. was just trying to figure things out on my own. You don't have to do that. Like, find really smart people. And if you get an opportunity to find really smart, successful people, go to work for them, you know, for sure. go, go do what they do, learn what they do, plan to learn different aspects of the business by maybe having a few different jobs. So you really understand the business. And then I would say my other piece of advice is buy real estate. I mean, I think if you can, as soon as you can scrounge together a few bucks, buy a duplex, live in half, rent out the other mm -hmm. half, fix it up, add value. And that's just a way of kind of understanding how it works like hands-on, as I'm guessing. That's the way you build wealth. 
It's okay. not even understanding how it works. Yeah, okay. you'll learn some things that work and don't work. Yeah. But you need to build wealth by building by yeah. owning real estate. Whether you become an accountant or mm-hmm. you know a baseball player or whatever, I just really believe strongly in buying real estate. Now, I would say that we struggled to have to buy as much. I wish we'd bought more real estate. I think we struggled a little bit with um, the fact that our business was a commission business and dependent on the real estate market. And we were both in the same industry, not the same companies, but we both were dependent on real estate to, to pay for, you know, the, the, the steel on the kids' tables. But the reality is, and so throwing money in real estate, we did some of that. I wish we had done more. I wish we'd been more aggressive. I wish we had, but I don't like to use the word wish. I would say that if I had to do it differently, I'd consider doing it that way. Yeah. What we've done is what we've done. And then I look at the future and say, okay, going forward, what's our strategy? And try to, the, the wishing thing is, that's a word I don't like to use. I'm, I, I wish we could edit that out of this because I think yeah. you either make it happen. And we made decisions that were educated decisions at the time. But if I was to give advice to you, I would say. Yeah, but you made that decision by what you knew at the time. So exactly. You can't say that. Can't, everything's hindsight's hindsight is 2020 right right 100% and and i'm not sure you know yeah it takes cash to buy real estate yeah. and you know we didn't have a lot of exactly. cash so um i think that but i would really strongly recommend you know if you can get you know if you can do some renovating and add value to property and kind of you know continue to grow and buy bigger and bigger you know i mean that's really how you build wealth and so my dad used to say, you make money from nine to five and you build wealth from five to nine. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, that's true. So, you know, I've read the book, Multiple Streams of Income, and I believe strongly in having multiple things going on. You know, a 40-hour work week is great to pay the bills for today, but then leveraging your time um, beyond that and your investments and your thoughts beyond that. I mean, roll up your sleeves because everything you put into your life and your your building of your wealth, especially when you don't have, you know, little kids running around and yeah, you're, you've yeah, got yeah. time. I mean, it pay time, you know, it's the time value of money. I mean, everything you do today is going to pay off huge in the future. And mm-hmm. then you get to do a little bit more of what you want to do. And, you know, as you go through your life. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and if you could leave our audience with one message or key takeaway um, today, what would that be? You know, I've just been super blessed. I've been really, my work ethic and my grit is a strength and a curse. And I'm currently trying to work on that. And I'm really thankful for the friends and relationships that I've had over the years and um, for being in business for 22 years. I mean, I'm kind of ADD and I think you have to be a little ADD to be in this business and to be able to, to be able to have that sustaining power and to kind of be in this place. I also think this business helped me um, to raise my kids by and still be there. And I'm super proud of my kids. Mm-hmm. So always keeping them first has been a priority. I'm really proud of my family. And I think that it's not about having everything at one time. It's about understanding what's important today so that over time you can have it all. So keeping your priorities or in order and keeping your family first and keeping your relationships first, you know, it's probably, you know, at the end of the day, it's about understanding other people's needs. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about what I need out of this life, but I, you know, but it's worked really well for me to really focus on what everybody else needs and making sure that 
I'm doing my best to try to accommodate those needs. And then the rest of it just falls into place. For sure. I actually have one more question that just popped up in my head. Awesome. So a, a very common question in like the interview process for people going into this industry, like C, like or companies like CBRE, blah, blah, like all those big name ones. One of the biggest questions that they ask is why real estate? Just flat out like that. If I was to, were to ask you that in an interview process for a job, how would you um, respond to that? Well, I think I can't remember the quote, but I mean, it's it's like 99 percent of the wealthy people in the world have built their wealth mm-hmm. on real estate. Right. So real estate is I mean, you know, there was a garden in the first book of the Bible and like real estate was important then and yeah. it's going to be important forever. Everybody needs a place to live, work and play. Right. Exactly. So understanding how that works and having your piece of that mm-hmm. is I mean, it's just it's just a cornerstone to I think to how everything else works. So I think that's really important. You know, I, you talk about the big companies. I um, when I started this company, you know, it took a while to, you know, build it yeah. and, and make anything you know work. And um, and to so I had an opportunity to get. I had a job interview with a CBRE. They had a corporate services position for a company in Minneapolis, and they interviewed me to be their lease administrative executive and. I, I was really, you know, kind of stargazing. And this was years ago. My kids were really little. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, part of me thought, oh, I'm doing this commercial real estate gig because, you know, that's all I can do, right? Yeah. And I went to this job interview, and I remember them talking about the nice office I'd have in the corner. Yeah. And, you know, I pictured, you know, Thursday, birthday lunches or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's kind of not my thing. And I, you know, I, I looked at the questions they asked me were about, you know, how many transactions you've done. I can't even remember the questions, yeah, but it was sure. like it was independent at the time. And I didn't keep track of what I had done or not done, you know, and I kind of wanted to answer saying, you know, whatever I've done in this little business, you know, granted, I'm sure it wasn't super impressive on paper at the time, but we were living in a great community. I had really happy, healthy kids. You know, we kind of like, you know, everybody's biking through the neighborhoods and it's kind yeah. of a Norman Rockwell kind of situation. And we'd, we'd already purchased our second home in Florida and, and life was really good. And I thought, you know, I can't answer your question specifically about the business, but I can tell you that I've done what it takes to like be in a really good spot in life. Okay. And these are the things that we've done. And so I think I'm diverting off of your question quite a bit, but no I, I I left there and I just remember standing on the street in downtown Minneapolis and it kind of just dawned on me, like, I made a choice to do this. This isn't just the only yeah. thing I can do by default. Like, this is a pretty good gig. And, you know, when times got tough, I just dove in and worked twice as hard. And then we figured out how to make it happen, you know, and I have a husband who's, you know, did the same thing. And we were able to, like, create this great life for us and our family yeah. and, and, you know, I give that, you know, the, we've, we've chosen to, to, to make this business work for us. And, and I feel really good about that. Awesome. I'd love to hear that. Well, thank you for talking to me today. It was great. Um, you did, did a great job. I hope I did well as well. You did but, really well. What do you want to do going forward? Uh, I want to just keep learning more about this industry and see, just pick the brains of people like you and anyone else I can meet on the way. Cause I've, I don't know that much yet, but I already have learned a lot this summer. 
you know, I just, like you were saying, this is one of the best ways to build wealth. And I've seen that in so many different places. And that's kind of what attracted me to learn more and talk to you, reach out and learn more about this industry. Just not just for that reason. But on top of that, I also learned that one thing that's always stuck out to me is when we first talked about it, you told me that no day is the same or no day is the same, like no two days are the same, which I've noticed so far. And that's something that I want because I don't want to do the same thing every day. I want to be on my, t- like on my toes, like random problems getting thrown at me. And I know, is that something that you address every single day? Of your yeah, life? absolutely. And it's fun. I mean, it's super fun to like kind of look at your kind of list and go, all right, there's that, there's this, there's that. Yeah. And you just, it's never yeah, the same. never the same. And you kind of figure out, you know, whatever, again, focusing on what everyone's needs are and building relationships, but then t- when you're solving problems, it's all about taking the emotion out of it and just understanding what the problem is. What is the actual need and the problem and not how is this going to make people feel? So yeah. if you can really just understand the problem and or the motivation and needs of each of the parties involved, then you usually can come up with a solution. And that's kind of fun. I mean, yeah. it's it's fun. You know, it's you know, I've sold a property once that um, <laughs> in Cottage Grove and the owner of the property, it was for sale for 10 years. And the owner of the property called me and said, God told me you are going to sell my property. (laughs) And I haven't met him to this day. He lives in Colorado, but, um, but God was right. I was able to sell the property and it, we, it was one of the most interesting transactions I was involved in, but, but we went through a ton of hoops and we figured out how to get it done. So it's super fun. Like it's probably, I'm not chasing the easiest deals. I'm chasing the hardest ones just because they're so interesting. And it's like, I love the challenge. I mean, I've got to like maybe attend a few more therapy sessions to try to like (laughs) figure out how to find the easy deals and like make life easier. I don't think that'll ever happen. That's not like my nature. I'm going to have to do a lot of work to make that happen. But finding those hard deals and figuring out how to solve them is super rewarding. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's super fun. I've noticed so far. <laughs> so the more interesting, the better. And I, you know, I often tell my team, you know, they're like, you know, gosh, you know, this is this going on, this is going on. I go, well, if it was easy or if they knew how to do it themselves, they would do it themselves and they wouldn't need us. So, yeah. you know, the, the reality is, is easy deals kind of happen by themselves. And the, it's the harder deals that we we get to dive into and roll up our sleeves and figure out how to make it happen. True. I mean, if it was easy, they'd just do it themselves. It's a good point. Right. Yeah. They call up you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, Quinn, I would have to say that you are going to be very successful in whatever you choose to do. I it's, hope so. We're, about, we're a little more than halfway through the summer and um, I can't wait to um, see what, what you end up doing in the future. But in the meantime, we'll, we'll keep working on trying to get as much yeah. out of you as yeah. we can in the That's next one year. Yeah. And you've been great. Thank so you. I appreciate it. Well, this has been more fun than I thought it would be. Gosh, oh, great. but you are, um, you're really good at this. You might have a future podcasting. All right. Well, thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of people, places, and how we use spaces. I am business owner, broker, commercial real estate investor, and your host, Lisa Christensen. If you like this episode, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. To connect with me or the guests on today's show, shoot me an email at lisa at christiansonandco.com. That's lisa at christiansen, the word and, co.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.